welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We are excited to talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey, what's up, everybody? And thanks for joining Bobby, Jean, and I on today's podcast. Today is episode 78, and we are looking at John chapter 10. And it's, it's cool that uh, Jody Grass works really hard on the Bible reading plan if you're following along with us here at Emmanuel. And she kind of helped the team choose to line up the preaching series on John while the church is actually reading the Gospel of John. Right, totally. So it's kind of cool that you're getting a lot of John right now. Yeah. And then this summer, there's going to be an awesome manuscript Bible study that goes kind of through verse by verse, word by word, through the parts of John that are not going to be preached this year. Because also this fall, the fall campaign I'll be preaching on is going to be on all the I am statements of Jesus from the gospel of John. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That is special. That's a lot of hard work. Mm -hmm. Well, John chapter 10, you guys, thanks for being here. Let's dive in. What's sticking out to you? We'll kind of, I don't know. I I feel like we're going to nail pretty much the whole chapter here. A lot of it. Just kind of walk through. Kind of go, yeah, verse by verse would be great. Okay. Um, right away, the first couple of verses, Jesus says, Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. And so what Jesus is alluding to here is that he is the true shepherd. He is God. He is a right teacher. Mm-hmm. And anybody that hops in another way is going to be a false teacher and is going to try to distract from right. The things of God. Mm -hmm. And so false teachers, unfortunately, were not just um, back in Jesus' day and age. They're very relevant and prevalent today. Yeah. There's a couple pastors right now that are under great scrutiny, um, a few other teachers as well, Mm -hmm. and actually rightfully so when you look at what they say. And and this happens to me pastorally. I'll say this too. Yeah. Sometimes people will send me a five-second clip of someone's sermon. Sure. And say, this person's a false teacher. Don't even reference them in your talk. And you're like... What did they say like the minute leading up to that? And what did they say the minute or five leading after that? Sure. You can't just take someone's five seconds out of their sermon. If you did that to me, you could make me look like a horrible teacher on the we internet. We could. We could. Where, you know, like, <laughs> like a couple months ago, I joked about the, the worst four-letter S word. And it was sale. Like S-A-L-E, like clothing sale, car sale. Right, and but if, if someone would have just clip, cut that out and yeah. put it online, people could have had their way and just put yeah. me up like chopped liver. So that's not fair. Look at what's being said in the context. And when you do that, unfortunately, there are people who are right. saying like the Bible has lost authority um, and is right. not, you know, we got to look at like historical shifts and current events to tell. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I, I'm not even going to bother naming them right now, but uh, right. It's, it's very real today. And how, and so like you said, prevalent today for real today as as real as it was then and so how we can stay connected to the word is by reading the word and following along with the podcast like this and just coming back to truth reading it in community and then really kind of a lot of what john 10 is saying so that we can know the father's voice so we spend time with the father so we can know truth and we can and we can have that gift of discernment when we need it we can say wait a second you know, we talked about that with the church in Acts. You literally just brought up Acts 17 earlier. We were talking pre-recording. Yeah. And it was at the church of the Bereans. Yeah. Anyway, and how those were folks that knew the word. And so then when something came up, maybe it was fishy. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was just a new learning. Mm-hmm. But to be able to use the Bible as as their cornerstone for truth, you know, that's 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 our goal, too. 
So that's a good word. Yeah. And then Jesus continues to flesh out this imagery of a gatekeeper and sheep. And in verses like three through six, essentially he's saying the gatekeeper for the town looks over the sheep Mm -hmm. and the sheep are able to tell like who their shepherd is by their name being known Mm -hmm. and the one Mm -hmm. who like leads them out. They recognize the voice. Mm -hmm. I read this story of a Scottish traveler who was talking to a shepherd in Jerusalem And he, the shepherd wanted to prove his point, and so they swapped outfits and clothes. And yeah. the the Scottish traveler went out and tried to call the sheep, and the sheep saw the clothes, mm-hmm. but they did not recognize the voice, and so they didn't come. Right. Because back in Jesus' day, what would happen is when shepherds were traveling and trying to find greener pastures, you might have to travel through a town where you would herd all the sheep into a right. large sheep pen. And then what would happen is the next day, the sun's coming up, You'd have the shepherds come out and call their sheep by name, and you would filter your sheep from the rest of the sheep in the public town sheep pen. And mm. what Jesus is saying here is like, I'm the one who's at the gate. I'm the one who calls the sheep. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. And mm. so the clothing and the appearance is right. whatever. That's going to come and go. There are pastors right now that have the appearance of a pastor. There's an appearance of a church body. There's an appearance of people worshiping. But mm. when you get at the voice and the content of what's being said, yeah. you're actually finding today that there's a number of people who are stumbling and falling, buying into the lies of the world, and uh, it's become very unhelpful. Right. Um, and so that was kind of a cool a cool story. Yeah, there. I like that. So verse what sticks out to me in verse 4 is actually the leading part. Hmm. So when he was brought out, when he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow. And so why that sticks out to me is because that is the complete opposite. If you know anything about animals, um, which I don't know a ton, but oftentimes people who are trying to direct the flow of their animals will go behind them. Like if you think of cattle or maybe even just other, I don't know, ducks or something. I don't know. But <laughs> you go behind them because you're trying to shoo them, like mm-hmm. go this direction. And so with sheep, the shepherd's out in front of them, like you said, calling them by name because of this, it's a, a both and. Like the intimacy is both and. They are known by the shepherd and they know the shepherd. Mm-hmm. And so I love that picture for today and for how that's a picture our relationship Um, with our heavenly father that he's gone ahead that he knows the way and that we follow and why that that's so true the knowing and the following and that's a huge key too is is because jesus in this text he's talking to jews and so they know the old testament they know the language the imagery of the shepherd they've heard all over the place with the israelites in psalm 80 in psalm 23 in isaiah 40 and so this picture is actually really hitting and in sync with them and then Mm. especially the part that is hear and do. We've talked about that before also with Deuteronomy 6 and the word Shema and how it is this type of obedience that is, it's not separating the hearing and the action. It's actually one and the same. Yeah, they're intertwined and yes. connected, yeah. And so that is why this picture that Jesus is presenting these people, it, it's its actually a super accurate picture um, for Yahweh and then now for Jesus, the son of man. And it's so curious because then in, in verse six, Jesus, he was using this figure of speech and they don't get it. Mm-hmm. And so that is just, be, 
that's mind blowing because Jesus is coming to say, I'm the fulfillment of this, of this picture. He gets there later in the chapter. But again, people don't get it. And so then there's that need for, for a lingering, for more telling it. And that's what he does. So he kind of breaks it down and he uses the I am statements. Yeah. I want to come back to that later on because the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders are basically claiming like, Hey, show us a sign or tell us clearly, are you the Messiah? And, And they're like, you haven't done so. And if you actually backtrack and go through the Gospel of John, <laughs> yeah. I actually have a list of things that Jesus has said very clearly that has okay. made them very angry and has okay. clearly stated, like, I am God, here's my mission, here's <laughs> yeah. where I am. And the people just simply have a hardness of heart right. and don't want to hear and don't want to receive what God's, what God's doing. Um, as the passage continues, Jesus continues to press in, though, and let us know that he's a shepherd, and a good shepherd protects the flock, and a good shepherd promotes life. And so verse Mm. seven, he says, I'm the gate for the sheep. If you want to experience life, you Mm. have to go through a relationship with Jesus. No Mm. one can go to the father unless you're in a relationship with Jesus. Verse nine, he says, I'm the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved and they will have be able to come in and go out and find pasture. And that's what he's getting at there. You want to have life and life to the full? Verse 10, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. Mm -hmm. I have come that they may have life and have life to the full. When, depending on what translation you have, if you have NIV, it probably sounds like what I just read. If you have the ESV, it probably says abundant life. Yeah. Um, when it comes to full or abundant, <laughs> that word there is a, is a mathematical term in the Greek. And basically oh, cool. it's talking about a surplus. And here we're not talking, Jesus is not saying you're going to have like a surplus and over amount of, of easy life or of comfort or of commodities mm. or material things. What you're going to have is contentment and satisfaction in your relationship with God. That's what he offers you. In fact, Jesus goes out of his way again to tell us that life is going to be difficult. Mm -hmm. But when you're in connection and relationship with Jesus, you can still have a full and a good and a life of depth if you're in relationship with the shepherd. Yeah. And then verses 11 through 15, he clearly lays it out. I'm here to lay right. down my life. Description here, yeah. Which is huge because sometimes people might view Jesus on the cross and go, "Poor Jesus, like, like right. he's a victim." Why did this happen? Yeah, well, you know. And Je- but it's like Jesus is the champion of heaven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He did this on purpose as part of a plan. It's an intentional, tactical move. This is what he did. Yeah. So, verses seventeen and eighteen, he says, "The reason why my Father loves me is I lay down my life only to take it up again." No one takes it from me. I lay it down on my own accord. Mm -hmm. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my father. And so we just love that. This is that language of the champion of heaven. He's the winner. He chose to do this. He knows what he's doing. And again, right before that, he lets them know there are other sheep that are not of this pen Jews, meaning I've come for the Gentiles as well. There are people who have been, you know, in generations of faith come for them mm-hmm, and i've mm-hmm. come from the, for the people who are also far off because i want them to know the love of jesus as well boom boom goes dynamite that's really good i mean those that's only the first like like one third one half of the chapter it's super good on a personal note too i this these are some of my favorite verses also just the the language here about the mutual knowing how you are known by god mm-hmm. and then um, just encouragement to spend time with the Lord and in that picture, just to spend time in that picture. I put myself in that picture like, okay, what does this look like? 
yeah. you know, for me. So love that. Love the picture. As the chapter continues, though, this people don't love it. <laughs> no. Nope. So, people start fighting. Yes, they say the Jews are divided. Some people, yes, some people no. Uh many of them this is verse 20. We're coming back to the demon possession question, <laughs> so that's a bummer. Um then toward verse 21, but others said these are not the same thing. Sayings of a demon possessed Oh my goodness. Of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Referencing back to chapter nine. And then you were bringing up this feast of dedication Mm -hmm. and kind of before we jump into the next section, what that is. Yes. So the, the festival of dedication was a feast that uh, today is known as Hanukkah. And it's always celebrated, I I believe in, um, I believe it's December. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and anyway, it's a rededication of the temple after Antiochus Epiphanes desecrated it like 150 years before Jesus came. Okay. So if you are following us at Emmanuel, I preached on Daniel at the beginning of this year, and there are visions Daniel has of this, or not Daniel, but visions the king has of of the future and how there's this tall tower and its legs are made of certain materials and it's bronze and it's gold and it's clay and all these things. What Mm. Daniel was foreshadowing was future empires that were going to come and be godless and unholy and vile and evil. Well, to, to the crown of it all, the top it all off was is Rome. And it's this yeah. transition from Greece to Rome. And there's this guy named Antiochus Epiphanes who is about as evil as they come. And what he did was he desecrated the Lord's temple. He murdered Christians. And then when he eventually fell and the Jews regained some semblance of freedom. Mm -hmm. They put this festival together to celebrate life because Antiochus, what this guy did is he attacked Jerusalem. He put the reign of terror on Jews in the day. He stole like millions of dollars worth of gold and silver from the temple. He said that possessing a copy of the law, the Old Testament, was punishable by death. Mm -hmm. If you circumcised your child, you would also be punishable by death. Under Antiochus' rule, mothers who did circumcise their children were crucified with their children hanging around their necks. Antiochus then turned the temple into a house of prostitution. The great altar that all the Jews sacrificed on the Old Testament was turned into an altar dedicated to the god of Zeus. Pigs were sacrificed on this altar, and for the Jews, bacon, ham, all that stuff was like, uh, you can eat that food. Mm -hmm. Over 80,000 Jews were killed and sold as slaves in his time. Just case in point, he was a very, very evil, bad man. And so this temple, this festival is to to celebrate what's happening. But what happens now, if you notice carefully the wording, it says that Jesus is walking along Solomon's colonnade. And then there were Jews who mm. gathered around him. And they're like, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? It's verse 24. Right. It says, if you're the Messiah, tell us plainly. And basically, Jesus is like, I have told you, and you guys don't want to hear because in John 3, he told you, I'm the one who's come from heaven. Yep. Anyone who believes in me will have eternal life. In John 5, he said, I am the son of God. Later on in John 5, he says, I'm going to be the judge of all humanity. People in John right. 5 should honor me just as they honor God the Father. John 5, verse 39, all of the Hebrew scriptures, which is essentially the Old Testament, it speaks about me. He says, mm-hmm. I reveal God the Father in John 7. I always please God and I've never sinned, John 8. I am sent from God. In John 8 again, he says, before Abraham was, I am. Referencing back to the burning bush and God saying, I am who I am. (laughs) John 9, I'm the one who was prophesied out in Daniel. And just in John 10 uh, today again, he tells us that 
I'll raise myself from the dead. I lay down my life. I'm going to take it up again. It says, I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I'm the door. I'm the good shepherd. The list goes on and on. Yeah. Jesus has been very clear that he is God, and they just don't want to hear it. Mm. And so what happens then as this kind of chapter ends, verses 26 through 30 and into the 40s, essentially Jesus is saying there are sheep that are, are here. They're going to have a tenderness of heart. They're going to recognize my voice. As Christians, when you read this within the context of the Bible, you know that's the work of the Holy Spirit. And so the Spirit's on the move and softening a heart and helping people respond to this gospel. Yeah. It's the grace of God. And then um, Jesus goes out of his way just to let us know clearly in verse 28 again, if you're one of my sheep, I'm never going to lose you. He says, I give them yeah. eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Right. My Father who has given to me, them to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand because I and the Father are one. So that old question of can someone lose their faith, Jesus here is saying, if you're truly a Christian, the answer is no, you cannot. Yeah. Now there are people who might look like a sheep that turn out to be a wolf or a goat, but uh, yeah, they're not really saved. And so Jesus has given us that assurance that if salvation is important to you, if you really care about God, and if you're yeah. even worried about losing your faith, that itself is proof that you love God and you care about your eternity. Right, it's important to you. Yeah. Jesus is saying, I've got you. I ain't letting you go. We're going to be all right. That's good stuff. You guys, the chapter ends with them seizing Jesus and him escaping in verse 39. And I just want to encourage you. I love, so Jesus goes back across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing in the early days. Here he stayed and many people came to him. They said, though John never performed a miraculous sign, all that John said about this man was true. And in that place, many believed in Jesus. I just love this. I think that um, the picture that I got was just kind of Jesus going, man, Jesus is under a lot of pressure. Stuff's starting to get a little cuckoo here. People are trying to seize him, stone him. And so he goes back to a place where he was with the Lord and where people really ministered to him and John baptizing him. And so I don't know about you, but sometimes it's helpful to reflect or to go to those places or to just be reminded of those times. And so I was encouraged in that at the end of the chapter, um, just, Hmm, that's a little, a little, uh, side note that really blessed me that Jesus did that and that it's written down for us to read. Yeah. And then also that John never performed a miraculous sign and all that John said about this man was true. I think that's another thing too. Sometimes we don't see the fruit. We don't know what's going on on, you know, in in the unseen realm or to our eye, maybe it doesn't look like a lot, uh, but John was faithful to what he was called to, the position, the post that he was called to. And hmm. in turn, people came to know the risen Lord, Jesus. Amen. And so I don't know where you're at. Uh, maybe you need to reflect and visit those places or, or just remember that the post that you're at, the position that you're at, um, there's there's kingdom fruit that's going to come. And maybe it'll be here. Maybe it'll be in glory, but it'll be there by uh, the name of Jesus. So thanks for listening, guys. And we'll be back on Friday with John chapter 12. And before we go, it's Wednesday. Don't, so if don't you want to come. No blood bless. Wednesday night prayer. <laughs> you're invited. All right. Wednesday night prayer, seven o'clock. We'd love to have you. Okay. Yes. God bless you. And we'll talk to you Friday. Bye-bye. Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.